Hello and welcome to the Hope and Anchor Community Church Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you the latest preaching from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God, and you're encouraged to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. Amen, amen. You may be seated. A couple of announcements that are really exciting. We have in this place, thank you worship team, by the way. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for your faithfulness and your hard work. It is not only playing music, it's, it's leading us and it's focusing us from all different backgrounds and weeks to look at God and to give what God is due. And thank you so much for your faithfulness. This week we have in this place on Friday, the 23rd we have hosted by Mark and Dave that are in the back. We have London Community Blast. It's gonna be a mix, a good mix, a poopery they would say, across the lake of film, NFTs, art, music, and so much more. So if you are around Camden, it's going to be from 10 to 4, if I'm not wrong, but for more information, please, we have Mark and we have Dave, I believe, in the back. I don't see a lot because of the lights today, and I've been crying, so, yeah, I'm like a bit, yeah, they're, they're right there, I hear them, so, yeah. Let's see. We have Sebastian here today as well. I want to say hi as well to wherever you are. We love you. Thank you for coming. We receive you. Please stay in the end. We want to give you a hug, yeah? Been around. You haven't been around for a little bit, but yeah, we, we heard that you were coming today and we were excited. And, um, and also we have the cave. That's a space that is heavily supported by this church, by this congregation uh, that is in the east in Hagney Wick. Um, it's going to be also launching and opening its doors on Friday. It's going to be at 7 p.m. So you can make it to anything that is happening here and everything that is happening there. And you can eat something really cool in the middle and hang out around the canal. It's going to be an awesome day. Saturday, you have to invite people to both. Sorry, Friday, you have to invite people to something, you know, or maybe to your whole day. You say, like, you can ask from now, from Sunday. From today, you can start asking people, what are you up to on your Saturday? I got places. At Friday, sorry. I want to be here again. You know, it is what it is. So I love you guys. Okay, so Friday, to make it clear. Friday, Friday, Friday. London Community Blast and the launching of the cave. That's going to be so good. So, so good. Okay, okay. So... Today we have a word, I believe that the Lord has given me something for us to chew on, and I believe this is a, uh, it's a Sunday that is going to bring um, our attention to several of the factors that God wants us to be working with this year. I believe this is a year, as we said, like from even the, the end of the last one, He wants us to finish strong, He wants us to be healed, and, um, and, and He wants us to walk in a different strength. He wants us to walk forward, not, not just remain on what is old, but he wants us to remain in him. So that means we got to keep on moving. We have been talking about a God of movement, and we're going to keep on with him. And uh, talking about being kept, the title of today is All Being Kept. And that's quite simple. And um, if, you, if you would join me in your feed, that would be great. Let's read the word. Let's read the word of God. We, we stand in the tube. We stand in the train. We stand for so many other things in life. Let's stand for the word of God. And it says in Psalm 
56 verse 7 because of their wickedness do not let them escape in your anger God bring the nations down <laughs> happy thoughts <laughs> verse 8 says record my misery list my tears on your scroll are they not in your records and then verse 9 says, Then my enemy will, will turn back when I call for help. And by this I will know that God is for me. Father, do what you do. Investigate our hearts. Break through our self-deceit and the lives of yesterday of so many. Father, have your way. We need your freedom. We need your life. And the Bible says that if you make us free, we're free indeed. And we trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. All being kept. You may be seated. All being kept. And I'm going to try to keep it in the same amount of time that I'm supposed to. You might be praying for me right now. Context. The context of this piece of text, of this psalm, is David was coming from different um, different moments in his life that it looked like it was gonna get better but it didn't and those moments pushed David to have to trust in something better than the circumstances right now if we look at our own lives we all have been in moments like that if we have known God for a long time or even if we haven't truth be told all of us have had moments that we thought and we have perspectives that the, the situations around us didn't share. And we were stuck in the middle of, oh, it felt like he, it was going to get better, but it didn't. Or it, I felt it was going to be different, but it wasn't. And we are stuck in the middle. And something that happens to most of us is that we do what David did. We cry. This week, I was, I was studying about the, the mystery of our tears a little bit. And if, if I'm, I'm honest, I was about to call this preaching weaved into his tapestry. So when Martha started singing that song that Martha has delivered from his heart today, I, I grabbed my wife, you know, you know, I get too excited. I'm an extrovert, so it cannot happen that it happens that I don't say it to someone. At least the Holy Ghost is going to know that I said it. You know what I mean? Like, at least someone is going to be a witness. So Martha started singing. I started crying. But we're talking about tears, so it was kind of timely. Tears look like this. If we can have Sammy help us with that. Tears look like this. That was so efficient, I have to say. You're a legend. Applause to Sammy and the technicians, the tag team are awesome. And the reality is that we all have cried, although none of us probably has any knowledge that they look like that. There was a guy that one day he was crying and one day because he was a scientist, he, he thought like, okay, this is coming out of my body essentially. How does this look under the microscope? And he trapped one of his tears kept on whining about whatever he was whining or suffering about and later on went in and he saw that image. 
See, we go through the ordinary and we don't understand how extraordinary every second of our life is to our God. You can leave the church right now and if you hold that piece of truth for the rest of your life and you have no hearing, you don't see anything else, but you cry, you will remember that every tear has been kept. Another translation says, you keep track of all my sorrows. This is the verse eight. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. That's why there is a bottle on our image today. But there's different kinds of tears. Have you noticed? Have you noticed that when we cry, sometimes it feels different? Have you noticed that sometimes when, I mean, who is a crier? I am like, I am a crier, but most of the times you will not see me. I cry quite easily. I'm a very soft man. I know you will not maybe think that, but I, I am also very shy and no one believes me, but the Lord will instruct your ways one day. You will notice. I'm very shy and I cry a lot, but I don't cry for, for some things anymore. I think that quote, I overcame it already. I, I went through and I, but if I feel the Holy Spirit, I feel God in the room, I cry quite easily. And I cannot help it. If I feel his love, his, his hand, if I have his understanding, if I, if I all of a sudden understand his thoughts by his mercies, by a miracle, because that's, that's a miracle. No one has the cognitive authority and power to be able to understand one thought of God. But when you get them, although you know it's a miracle, they might do something to you. In my case, I cry. But that's not the only thing I cry about. When I cry, I cry about being overwhelmed. And sometimes, I don't know if it happens to you, I don't cry, but I know I should. And I start asking God for the ability to do what he created me to do. And when it gets really rough, I don't know if it happens to you, sometimes I get so frustrated and I get so pressed down and oppressed that I cry out to the Lord, maybe like David. And I have it right here almost. It is like I have swallowed a boot, something like right there. And I say, Lord, can you help me to cry? Because even that, even in that, I need help. I don't know you, but there's sometimes that I don't know how to cry. And I need instruction. I know this is a lot of nuggets of truth. Please keep with me because we're studying, we're studying a little bit more today. Because of their weak, wickedness, do not let them escape. And that doesn't sound like a guy that is crying, you know, I mean, unless you are kind of like very, very an extrovert and you have anger issues. Because of their anger, don't let them escape. That doesn't sound like a guy that's crying out to God and crying. Do not let them escape. Bring them down. Imagine. But record my memory, my misery. Another version says, keep track of my sorrows. 
Maybe that sounds a little bit more Christian, right? More peaceful. The world thinks that we live and there's a dove flying over our heads all day, but sometimes there's a crow and not a dove over your thoughts. You know what I mean? Like there is a joke in my island at least and other countries that I know that says, you know, I think the dove flew away and the crow just settled. You know what I mean? There's moments in our life, you know, the, the Looney Tunes, the cartoons would actually have the little angel and the little red thing that we don't know what it is, you know, but they painted it red, so it might be other colors, but we, we don't know. We don't know what to do with the emotions sometimes because we have been taught. But God has record. He keeps track of our sorrows. Another version, the English standard, so we, we must believe it in this country. It says, you have kept, you have kept count. And you have kept count of my tossings. If you have to learn a word today, you know, Sundays is for like important words. I learned how I have been tossing around with an idea and God has kept that idea. Have you been tossing with any idea? Have you been counting in front of God your misery? That's a very extrovert, more American outlook into life. You know what I mean? Like there's cultures and cultures that react differently. Have you noticed? There's some cultures that are angry. And there are cultures that are angry. Have you noticed? Have you noticed that there are moments that you do what to do with your anger? And there are moments that you don't know what to do with my anger or your anger. And we might be angry together. And we don't know how this is going to finish. But I'll probably make you cry. Have you noticed that we have so little information, insight into how wonderfully and fearfully we have been made and we survive the motions without having insight. What do we do with our tears? If you're cooking, and I know that most of us don't, we go to have the deal. You know, there's here in the UK, you have something that saves everyone's life. There's like the deal. And uh, they're getting more pricey. It used to be really a deal. Now it's your inheritance. Um, it's costing a lot. You know? <laughs> and, um, but if you cook, there are, there are two types of, um, I don't know, kind of pictures that I want to portray today. We have uh, two types of tears. If we can put the first one, Sammy. It's, um, this is the type of tear, this image is a microscopic image of how your tears would look if you're cutting onions. Anyone has cut an onion? Anyone has cried while cutting an onion? Anyone has used grandma's secret not to cry while you're cutting an onion? Fewer hands, fewer wiser. That might be as few of us as understand that those tears are different and maybe we didn't pay attention. Every tear has different types of viscosity. That means, that's in the Greek. <laughs> different type of density. And it has a different type of composition. We have another type of tear that I want to share with you guys. Are you ready? I know this is boring. You know, it is what it is. But we have exhibit two. We have a different tear. There you go. Thank you, Sammy. You're a legend. This is the type of tear that is more associated with emotional moments. 
No one had those. I know, we live in a city that doesn't allow us to be normal and human and have emotions. I know that we might come from backgrounds, families, circles of friendship, or even work spaces that don't allow us to have emotions. But God sees and has bottled all our tears. All of them have been kept. The context is David being persecuted and being lied about. And that in most of us, if we're honest, will create different sensations. All of those sensations will create actions because thoughts become not only patterns, patterns, you know, like while you used to build a building, Patterns and how you build your life, how you were built by your parents, parent, pater, father, all of those are interconnected. This is deeper than you think. Your tears have a lot more behind them that most of the time you give him credit for. But God knows what is coming behind them. I almost also called it, you know, from tears to truth. Because most of the time, we stay with our tears. That's what society teaches us. Oh, if it makes you unhappy, if, if it offends you, stay with that. And it keeps us in a superflow, in a superficial way. We don't think deeper. We don't see the outcome or the pattern of our tears. And God wants us to live deeply in love with him he doesn't want us to have religion he wants us to have relationship David was not staying with his tears he had a relationship he was talking actually to God I know that it might not sound like your Wednesday night prayer God take the nations down you know it might not be your kind of prayer but but do you know where where you can go to cry some of us we wipe it and we get on with. And we never, never go into the depth of what he has hidden behind each of them. In the Bible, seldom we see that God keeps anything, anything that we have or we produce physically in this realm. We know we are body, mind, and soul, and we know that our soul is saved and being saved in our actions as well, and the body is just tagging along, and it changes patterns on the way that we behave. Yes, we know all that, yes. But God has gone out of his way in this piece of scripture through a relationship that he has with David to reveal to us that he keeps what has made you cry, and he gives importance to your tears. Every tear has difference, has a difference, different viscosity, even a different structure. How different it was the one that was from the onion. There are three types of, of, of tears. Apparently scientists would say they're divided in three and it would be nasal, basal, sorry, a reflex tear and an emotional tear. Three, it sounds like we are getting into something. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I mean, we, we might be getting into something. I don't want to exhaust that route, but we know that nothing in us is out of chance. It has been made like that. If we go to Genesis, Genesis 1, 27 will remind us 
in the book of beginnings, that's Genesis, Genesis, book of beginnings, from when it started, we have been made unto his own image. That means that God has taken ownership of the design. You have not been made like that just out of chance. The way you look, your height, there's some people that are shorter, there's some people that are taller. I'm not gonna point fingers, you know, they're all fit in different places. The way that you look, your type of charisma, you know, the more conservative versions of, you know, religion would say, if you are charismatic, there's something wrong with you and you might use it. But may I remind our brains that God made you charismatic? And that's a gift. Because if we would follow people, most of us would not follow boring people. <laughs> so may you serve the Lord with your charisma. That charis is actually caritative, that's charity. And in England, that has become the way that you perform for others. That doesn't sound that very bad, isn't it? It's the same root, the same word. May I remind us that we have been made into his own image. And God has that charisma. When we talk with God, he has a way of, with his strings of love, talking to us in such a way that it entangles us with who he is and his character. And before we know, we don't know when this has started and we definitely don't know how it, it finishes, but we know we are with God. And sometimes we are introduced to God through his charisma. Not only through his power, not only through his healing, not only in, through anything else that he is, but how he is. We have songs that say, God, you are good, good. And we have no good words to explain that, but we have one that is, you know, kind of like, kind of limited because we are limited and we're getting to know how in depth his design is of our hearts, our minds, our soul, our spirit, our, the steps that he's ordered for us. We have been made into his image. Wow. I don't know if you suffer rejection or you don't like yourself. I don't know if you have looked at yourself in the mirror and looked at yourself with kind of thoughts that I don't like what I'm seeing. Maybe you have struggled with that or maybe not. But I got to say something. God likes you. And when he sees you, he says like, this is in the Hebrew. I took it out from a very big book. It says, wow. <laughs> Complicated, I know. But try, try, try to understand that word sometimes. Wow. When was the last time you thought so deep of yourself that you said, wow. Most of the times when we say, wow, we don't know what to say. I caught you on that one. It is so deep that you don't know, you have no articulation, you have no way of actually uniting your psyches and, and, and your mind to articulate what you're really feeling and you have a, wow. Tears and wows most of the time go together. Sometimes they're like, wow. And sometimes, wow. But do we pay attention? 
So we're here, right? Understanding that basil has to do more with the wind, the wind, the wind, the Father. In the beginning, God breathed into us the Ruach, the breath of God. And I know it's very complicated, but stay with the breath. It is actually it has to do with your nasals, you know, like with your, with your eyes. If you're in front of a, a, a fan when you were a kid, I don't know if you needed a fan, but I needed a fan when I was a kid because I was born in a country that was warmer. And sometimes you go and, ah, and you write. And, and I don't know if you've done that. I mean, maybe I was the only weird one, you know, but, but you go in like, that, that's how it sounds, you know, that's how it sounds, but I will go, and I remember that, you know, my, my mouth will get dry, and my, my eyes will get teary, basil. You guys are having fun today, this is for free, you know, like, I just prepared just for you. I believe God has a word, and he's trying to dismantle because there's a lot of pain in this room. Ouch. And when God sees pain, he gets super into it. Because he also called the healer. The healer. While we are at that, reflex tears. Those are the ones that have to do with external factors. And God so loved the world that he brought something into the world to deal with the external factors. And that has to do with our Lord Jesus. So not only who he is as the father, but he's also teaching us about who he is as the son, as that that comes into our story and redeems us. All of this is actually portrayed in those tears that you ignored, in those tears that you hid away, in those tears that you were too tired and you said, I don't even want to. In those tears that you lost hope, in those tears this is going to go deep and sometimes we try not to believe it is not that we don't have faith it is not that we don't have hope it's that we just don't know how to cry anymore but that brings me to the last type of tear emotional all of us are on the wagon of not knowing most of the time the fullness of any of our emotions. I don't know if it happens to you, but lately, through the last two years, I've been tired emotionally. And I've been triggered by little things that usually I wouldn't be. And actually, I would, I would be going at it with different attitudes. I have discovered, and I've been told, that's the good thing about living in community or with people that love you and that can say, mm-hmm. Expose yourself to one or two that you trust. It's really good. It's healthy. So we have David being persecuted. Let's just take it from you. I'll give you a minute. I'll come back. We're going to go into it. And uh, he cries out. To who? To God. Relationship. So we have persecution. What surrounds you? Sorry, David. And your relationship with God. Sorry, David's relationship with God. That's the context, okay? We're going to go to science. Every tear we said... Is different and it's made out of essentials right every tear has oils antibodies I know you didn't come to church to understand your tears but bear with me for a second can I do this can I go deeper with this yeah it has it has oils it has antibodies it has enzymes and it has all of that marinating in salty water 
In the Bible, when we mention about the, the anointing of a king, when you had an oil in your life, it was talking about the Father. God is with you, essentially. So in your tears, you have the presence of the Father that says, I know. I am with you in that tear. I have not abandoned you. Sometimes you will think, I'm crying because I did this to myself. See, I took that decision and it led me to this moment. I'm crying. God must be chastising me because that's what religion and society might teach us. That God must not like us. But God says in every tear that he is with us. In every second, in every moment, you cannot have one pulse coming out of your heart if he didn't spark it with glory. Glory is in you. In every tear you have a manifestation of who he is. But not only that, you will have antibodies. And antibodies, generally what they do is to heal you. And we have a man that came and had no sin and made himself sin for us. And he was acquainted with our chastisement, with our iniquity and with our pains, with every sorrow. He came to heal. He was called our redeemer, is called Jesus. So we have the Father through the oil. We have the antibodies actually sharing with us that through those tears, I want to know if you can see that I want to heal you. It's time to pay attention. Sometimes we discard them. They're not necessary. They're not important. Why are you crying about it? No, no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. But God is still on that. And sometimes we read through life so lightly that we don't take the most out of it. God is so deep. God is in every second, in every level of our lives. Not only through that, he has enzymes. If you ask me, I didn't know what it meant. I know that I have had moments that I have not been great at my enzymes. That means, in my case, cortisol. Some people would say that I was stressed about things. I know, I believe that they were lying, but my blood and my tears had a lot of Cortisol. Cortisol is an enzyme. And enzymes, by the way, what they do is they balance, they balance your body and they lead you, they help you to process what happens with you. I wonder what is that? And maybe that's the Holy Spirit, the one that Jesus said, if I leave, I will send someone behind me that he will lead you, he will comfort you, he It's like the best enzyme. Are you with me? Is this getting boring? Is that okay? Is it too scientific? I know you didn't come to hear something about your body, but you maybe not be crying alone ever again in your life. You might know that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost is with you. And when you have a body of people, when you have a group of people that know that you cry, even in secret, That might be suspended in salty water. He has called us to be the salt of the world. And from you, rivers of living water will flow. I don't know. Maybe this is something I'm overreading, but hello. I think it's very obvious that, that if that's what happens to you in 
Not only in your body, but in your hearts. Because let's face it, we are about to win the Grammy, the Oscar, you know, I don't know, whatever other prize we can name of being the most wounded generation or moment in history ever. We're about to become those. They have not officially created the title, but we're winning. Even though this has been meant with so good, someone would not like even this preaching, would say, ah, oh, he's just judging, he's just reading into it. And you know what? He's taking my emotions lightly. I am not. But you don't know what has happened to me, but I am human like you. And I don't have the capacity, the emotional caution, the emotional stamina to hold your wounds. I already have to deal with mine. That's the beauty of being a body. But I can tell you a couple of things about your tears. He said, I will keep them all. All of them. Not the ones that you want to share with others. All of them. The ones that you have cried in silence and in secret. And the ones that you cried to seek attention. Because they're different. Koopa. Do you want to nudge at someone? Are you thinking of someone? Are you anyone in this room thinking about someone that cries to seek attention? Can you lift your hand, please? Oh my God, there you go. We have one honest one. <laughs> He's seeking attention. No, I'm joking. <laughs> You're a legend. There you go. You, you found it. Don't worry about it. I, I <laughs> the reality of our life is that we all cry. Some of us show it. And definitely all cry differently because we're unique. The Bible teaches us in Psalm 139 that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That means composition. That's also showing our tears. The Bible teaches us in Ephesians 2.10 that we're not only, you know, we don't only have or, or are into the ownership of God and we are representing in every level who he is in everything that happens to us and the composition that we show. But it teaches us that we were not only created, like Genesis 1.27 says, it says that we were formed. And some of us would ask what is the difference between being created and being formed. Thank you for asking. I will end like that road to life through thinking about a tree. Let's think about a tree. Everyone think about a tree. You might have a different type of tree. You might be thinking about a eucalyptus or a flamboyant or I don't know what the heck kind of tree you're going to be. Maybe a sequoia if you're greedy, you know, and super untitled to life. You know, you never know. But think about a tree, maybe a pine. Maybe you, you're acidic to everything around you. You extract all the goods or any place you are. Maybe you're like a pine. That maybe is. That maybe is the case. But I don't know. Think about a tree. If God is talking to you, you may just put a ribbon on it, mate. That's for free as well. Think about a tree. And think about a table. The tree was created and the table was formed. We were created for good works, Ephesians 2.10. But sometimes we have not done them. And while we are getting to know God and our walk with God is only forming us. We've been created. We're here. But the walk with God forms us to be able to receive others at a table. 
A, a tree can stand alone, but a table is meant for many. You stayed in your beta, in your first thought. Have you stayed with being created? And you can, you can blame God for a lot of things if you stay there. Like, you know what, this is how I am. And I'm going to say, and I'm going to try to explore the idea that maybe when you were created, you were created from broken, and maybe you absorbed some of those old tears, and that has been part of the way that you walk. But maybe God wants to prune you like we were singing a minute ago, or like literally 28 minutes ago. Maybe we were not only created, we are being formed in our faith. God wants to enlighten us today. You might think this is like a scientific study or this is a Bible study. Is it, what, what is going on? I just, I'm attempting in my broken self to explain that even in our tears, God is present. And every tear is representing a promise of restoration and redemption. And we are part of the promise to someone else. Oils, antibodies, enzymes. You don't need friends that are always applauding you. You also need the friends that are confronting you. Confronting doesn't mean nasty. Confronting means you are that one that is there and can look with love, not judgment, with excitement into an area of our lives and question if it re represents, if it reflects the oil, the antibodies that we have received in life. As we close, tears throughout the Bible teach us that God sees us. Agar, that was the servant of Abraham, Father Abraham, the, the lead, the head of the three biggest religions around the world for Christianity, for Judaism and for the Muslims, Ibrahim for the Muslims, but it's the same man. He had a servant and this servant had different things happen between her and the people that were leading her and she left the house. And in that moment, God found her and said, I see you. She was crying up to the Lord, to the, to the God of Abraham. And this God, your God, my God, said, I am also the God that sees you. So God sees us. He sees our tears. He's not only saying, I will keep it in my bottle. That's a figurative term of saying, you know what? I will preserve them. Because in the culture that writes this, they had to bottle everything to survive the heat and the cold. That maybe is a way of understanding that God will preserve every emotion that you've had. He's taking account. It says, it literally says that he will take in account my wanderings. When I'm wandering in my mind, in my thoughts, he will keep account of my tossings. When I am fighting with an emotion, with a situation, and I don't know what to do, he will keep track. He will keep track. When you keep track, you're following on with. You will keep track with my sorrows, with all my sorrows, not some sorrows, not the sorrows that I want to show, not the sorrows that I'm happy to come and talk to you about, with all my sorrows, even the one that I've tried 
to lead me to shame. Today, this word comes to fight for us, not to be a congregation, an individual, a son or a daughter of God that lives in shame and in hurt. God is seeing all our tears and he's saying, I see them, I preserve them. And not only that, not only I see them, not only I, pre I preserve them, I care for them. So he sees us and he cares. He made it his problem to be in the midst of oils. He makes, it, he makes it his problem to provide healing. Jesus, the Father, the Son. And he also saying, you know, I will balance you out in the daily through my spirit. So I care and I see you. And not only that, I will transform you. The Bible also teaches us that he will see every tear from our eyes, every sorrow. And while others rejoice in their sin, he will turn all your tears into joy. Rejoicing is being happy. And we all have tested and seen that that's, that doesn't go that far. But joy is different. Being happy about my life doesn't mean anything really. Society has taught us to stay superficial so we don't go into the depth of the well of God and who he is. He didn't call us to be happy. He called us to have joy. He said, I come and I have defeated the world so your joy would be complete. He didn't say, so you are completely happy. He said that your joy will be complete. So in the secret, in the treasure of our tears, in that capacity, in that ability to cry, it is hidden that the Father cares and He sees us and He wants to heal us. He's sending and He's doing transformation in our heart, in our character, so we don't keep on being wounded. He doesn't want to congregate in a church or a believer that keeps on being immature because God knows that the world around is wounded, so He cannot put His glory on wounded people because we will distort it. But what He does, He transforms transforms our recklessness into being a disciple. And we don't have to stand with what is rejoicing only. We are called to have joy. So he cares. But he called you to be transformed. Keep on moving. And lastly, hold on. God is calling us today forward through the most simple thing we have overlooked. God said, those that are pure in heart will see the Lord. He was not talking about your arteries. He was talking about perspective, your eyes. Those that are crying purely in front of him. Are there tears that you're sharing with your past, with patterns from from someone else that you inherited? Are you crying purely? Is your perception pure? God is wanting us to turn from those and move forward. Understand your tears. Second, he wants us to come out of things. So we are not depleted by the emotions and the pains and the sores of those. And he's calling us into new. So that means there's going to be a process. No one comes into the new if you don't leave your old. But for this, we got to trust. Even though if we hear voices, voices 
means that you have emotions. You are having imaginations. You say, no one will believe me. I can definitely not do that. I might be the only one in my family that does this. God is saying, I'm calling you out into new. Leave the old. Trust me. Even though you might have those thoughts. Also, even if you perceive through your tears, you need restoration. The first thing happens when we come into Christ. He calls us forward, out of things, out of darkness into light. We know that, but this is Discipleship Sunday, baby. And God is calling us to being restored, meeting with Jesus in the daily. And those tears will show us in what areas we need restoration, what ideas, what thought patterns we have that need Jesus lifted high, not only sung through our beautiful voices, but need new patterns. God wants to restore us. And lastly, we have to trust God even though the anger, the pain, our sorrow, and the favorite of hell are fears. It's time to take our fears back to the cross. It's time to trust. As we pray, as a church, we are we're launching this album that we have been hyping up quite a bit <laughs> that calls us to remain. And no one has to be called to remain when they want to be there. No one is called to remain when they have the courage to stay. Every time God called anyone to do something, it was to do that that the only way they would be able to do it, it was if they would recognize that they needed him. As we launch this, this Friday, this Friday, yeah, 23rd. And as we remember that every time we cry, the Father is with us. And his promise that he will never leave us is with us through his healing, through Jesus and his balancing through his spirit, working in our hearts, working in our minds. And as we keep a healthy relationship with the body, the salty water, this week, let's pay attention that God wants all of that for restoration, for revelation, and for us to have the ability to be that water that runs through our streets, that is salty that carry those tears of what God cries about because it's not only about our tears, it's what is heavy in his heart. It is what he thinks, it's what he wants that we carry. That's our DNA, that's our purpose. It is more than us, it's for him. If God has been confronting you in any way, as I was preparing for this, God confronted so many areas of my life. And I'm honest, and I can say it from here. And I know this is impossible for any human being to see that God is in every little detail and not be confronted with something. So do yourself a favor. 
in front of your enemies, your pains, your anger, your lack of hope, maybe your lack of faith, maybe what you are ashamed of, maybe if you don't understand, if you do understand and you're adding to what I'm saying in private. Ask God for the new, for the forward, for his restoration and a new baptism of trust in who he is. Those are the good news of today. Will you join me in your feet if this is for you? If this is for you? If this is for your family members as well? It's time to trust differently. It's time to trust deeper. It's time for us to let go and let God restore. It's time for fullness, for the fullness of the Father, for the fullness of the Son, and for the fullness of His balancing spirit, the Comforter. It's time for God to do something in each one of us. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. Make sure to visit our website, hopeandanchor.org, for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.